0: welcome to the first ever episode of between the turnbuckles now this podcast will as you can guess by the title mostly be about everything that goes on in the world of wrestling now i am your host jack it's the first time i've ever done anything like this but i thought since we're all in lockdown may as well it's been something i've been wanting to do for a while um mostly in the podcast definitely going to be talking about stuff like wwe AEW, nxt now there's quite a lot of wrestling out there so i will not get the chance to watch and comment on everything but i'll try and keep up as best as i can um in today's episode everything's obviously going to be focused around last weekend's two-day wrestlemania the raw and smackdown after wrestlemania so i would say let's just jump right in now the build-up to wrestlemania took a bit of a dodgy turn when the coronavirus hit the world so everything went into lockdown mania was meant to be in front of like an eighty-five st raymond james park in tampa bay florida that obviously got cancelled so they did it in their performance center no audience no fans first time it's ever been done because of it i'm not going to rate too much on the ross and smackdown leading up to wrestlemania because naturally i wouldn't expect them to be very good just because of the situation. Now, they did as best as they could with some good moments, some good promos, um, showing you some old school WrestleMania matches that were some of the best matches that were ever about for WrestleMania. But this Mania was always going to be a history maker just because two days, no fans. So, let's start just on the Saturday night. Now, the first night, um on the day, some of the matches I felt were kind of a bit thrown together. But the first match, pre show, Drew Gulak versus Cesaro um with the match didn't go on very long i would have liked to have seen it go a bit longer i think it was only on for about four or five minutes at most um cesaro picked up the win i wasn't really expecting cesaro to win that match um i kind of thought with the new daniel bryan and gulag team gulag would be getting a bit of a a push first kind of mania moment for him um I didn't really rate the match too well i think they two had some good matches and if they'd been given a bit more time it would have been a much better match i think the finish was a bit dodgy the weird sort of airplane spin slam um it's not really the kind of typical finish to a cesaro match i mean cesaro's finishers normally the neutralizer or the cesaro swing into the sharpshooter so i was a bit surprised that that was what won the match um I don't really rate the pre-shows anyway pre-shows i don't feel are ever really that good very rarely you get some good pre-show matches because they're so busy just showing you promos for the matches for the night they don't give the guys a lot of time and you could tell in this match um the night kicks off the stadium it's it's still very elaborate all the kind of fancy techno whatever the word is um all the tech they've got their laser lights and all the Uh, not any pyro for once but I'm sure if they'd been in the the proper stadium they would have had the pyro Um, we're jumping straight into a match that was kind of thrown together on the Friday before it, the um, WWE Women's Tag Team title matches now, this put uh, the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross now, as the match goes, considering it was thrown together it was kind of building, there was a wee bit of a build but considering it was just thrown together at the last minute I actually think the match was really good um i think the four superstars involved are all amazing they've all got some real chemistry together and um, when nikki cross and alexa bliss first kind of started teaming i didn't think it was going to work i thought it was just more of an angle um to get nikki cross over um so that she would get a run with the single women's title either raw or smackdown i believe it was raw at the time um but I feel kind of i don't know i kind of i had the, the kabuki warriors to win this match just because um asuka for me on the build up to mania with nothing going on her just as a character the heel turn has been absolutely tremendous um even when she's running about just shouting in japanese like we don't know what she's saying but it's the most entertaining thing at the minute for me is when she just shouts now the match obviously started um Teams are going back and forth. Some good spots in the match. There's actually cuts to a moment where Asuka and Kairi Sane both just start shouting in Japanese to what would be the crowd, but the crowd obviously aren't there. I thought that was very entertaining, kind of as if they were shouting to us at home. I thought it was a good wee moment. Um, in the the kind of ending of the match, there's a lot of false finishes and eh, the Asuka lock getting eh, broken up by Twisted Blast, and then on the opposite side. Um, Nikki Cross hits her finisher, it gets broken up by Kylie high-flying elbow. Um, finish of the match, as I said, I, I was a little surprised um, that Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss won the women's tag titles. I can add Kabuki Warriors Peg to win that one, but I think as a match goes, they've got a good amount of time, and the match itself was quite entertaining. Um, going forward, I would like to see some established tag teams. Um, actually fight for the belt. I would really like to see these tag titles pushed up to where they should be because at the minute, for the past, I mean, I know they've only been about for just over 12 months, but I think starting with the the Boston Hog, uh, the Boston Hog connection, sorry, and then moving on to the Iconics, who've not been seen since they lost the belts. Um, I would really like to see the Iconics return and maybe go after the tag titles again. Um, I think we need to get proper women's teams together establish them and really get this ball rolling over the next 12 months i think next year it should be a big match on the mania card like it was last year it should be a big deal and at the minute i just don't feel like it is Um, moving on to the second match of the night it was um one elias versus king corbin um kind of corbin comes out to start the match um starts running his mouth way king corbin only can and it kind of felt like it was going to be a surprise opponent heading into it um i don't know who the surprise opponent would have be there was a lot of rumors that it was going to be um jeff hardy um natural rumors being cm punk um and everything like that but um lo and behold elias did come out even after he took the fall from um that weird stage that they've got at the side he took the fall into the concrete um very strange didn't expect Elias to actually be in the match um starts off he smashes the guitar over Corbin's head um as far as the match goes I think it was more Elias's best work um it was really good to see Elias in the match I kind of did get behind him um the finish um I mean the finish was just a roll-up with some tight grabbing um I don't think it was a particularly fantastic finish to the match. Yeah, I don't really want to see the feud go any further to be honest. Um so I, I would I would like to hope that even with that roll up that that's it done. But with WWE, I mean we've seen how long the Roman Reigns King Corbin feud went on for from like what was it, September, October all the way through to February. I wouldn't be surprised if we get something half that time for this. Um, but the feud itself I think should be finished. Uh, moving on to what I was quite surprised to see was the third match of the night. Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against the new debuting Shayna Baszler. Now, a little bit of background cause in case nobody's seen it Shayna Baszler is an absolute badass. She's dominated NXT for years. As soon as she took the NXT women's title for Member Moon, Dominated it. She's the first ever two time NXT women's champion. I was, and the build they got for her now, for me, there's not a lot of sense of what happened because everyone predicted after Survivor Series, Shayna Baszler was going to drop the belt to Ripley, which is what happened, and then Shayna Baszler was going to win the Royal Rumble. Now, Shayna Baszler did not win the Royal Rumble, obviously, Charlotte Flair did. Now, at that point, to me, I kind of thought, are they going to do Charlotte versus Becky again? Um, thankfully, they didn't. I would have been really bored, I would have really hated to see Charlotte versus Bailey. But um, Baszler then just came out after the rumble, and it was the, either the night after, or the week after, and took a chunk out of Becky Lynch's neck. Um, bit strange. Didn't really like it very much. I think the the spot itself was more of a shocking moment, but I didn't I didn't rate it too much. Um, and I think then they, they announced the elimination chamber so she's already like debuted and she's gunning for becky and then she's in the chamber now for me it's a bit strange because she's gunning for becky heading into the chamber so already we all know shana baszler's going to win the elimination chamber why why put the match on it's one of those predictable things i guess it would have been a good match i didn't really understand why we were to put it on um Naturally, actually, Baszler dominated. She's the only person in the history to eliminate every single contestant in the Elimination Chamber by herself. So that's five people eliminated. The only other person to do that is Braun Strowman. But in that chamber, there were seven men. Um, I mean, Baszler looked good in the Chamber. It wasn't a good Chamber match. Um, but she looked great. I mean, she came out in the middle. If they were going to do the way they did it, I would have had her come out last and just kind of like beat them all. But... She was an utter badass in the chamber and the whole build-up to Mania, I I think everyone was expecting Shayna Baszler to win this match. Um, So the match kind of starts, very physical, Shayna obviously dominating um, at first because she's that prize cage uh, cage fighter from um, the background of MMA, Um, she's swinging Becky about, I believe she hit her um, head twice off the table, kind of the same spot she did to Liv Morgan in the chamber but did it twice. Um, both women go for their finishers multiple times. Um, Baszler hit Becky with one of the harshest kicks to the face I have ever seen. And locks in her finisher. Um, it's like a, a real naked joke. I'm not going to pretend that I know how to pronounce the first name. It's called something clutch. But I will learn it go forward because I do expect big things for Shayna Baszler. Um Weird thing about it, Becky just popped her hips up. And held her down and got the three count victory um i think it was the biggest surprise of the night i would say um maybe not maybe the second biggest surprise i'll get one of the biggest surprise later on um i didn't rate the finish of the match either i had becky to win the match because i thought Beasley was going a bit stale very quickly um the booking just due to everything that's happened i think maybe vince maybe thought it was to be safer to do a safe change than do a a main change, so the crowd couldn't react to it. I don't really know, um, but I think everyone kind of thought Shayna Baszler was going to walk out with this. Um, I don't think it. I don't. I didn't really hinder any of the two stars in my eyes. I didn't really rate the feud too much um, because of the way it was started. I, I didn't really like it. Um, I think that. Um, it's more like to make it look as if, oh, Shayna made a mistake, that's all it was. So it's like when Taker wanted Michaels two years in a row, the first year it was, the whole premise of it was I made one mistake. So I feel like that's the, the angle they're going with on it. Um, but it was it was a solid match, just I, I didn't rate the finish very much, um, the roll-up, and again, another roll-up victory um, to take the win. Uh, moving on to the intercontinental championship was up next which saw sammy Zayn defend against the challenger daniel bryan um, now these two guys come from like the independent scene they've been wrestling for over a decade probably a decade and a half by this point maybe more um, i was really expecting a big proper pro wrestling match very technical very um, nice to watch and it, it wasn't because ever, ever for the past kind of what six seven months Sami Zayn's been taking on more of a manager role a lot of people said he was injured and then he, he won the Intercontinental title he's in this match he's obviously not been injured but the actual match itself I think it was okay I think they've got Sami Zayn wrestling as a manager now and I, I don't like it because uh, Sami Zayn is one of the the probably one of the best performers in the world today and it doesn't really show off his talent and skill the way that he's been doing in the past. I don't think it portrayed him very well. Um due to some kind of outside interference from Cesaro and Nakamura, Daniel Bryan. I mean he he gives he beats Sami Zayn up. Like he kicks the holy hell out of Sami Zayn. Um Sami Zayn gets a little bit of offense in and then when Daniel Bryan starts turning the table Drew Gulak's obviously ringside just now, he gets taken out and then Daniel Bryan does a, some sort of like a, a suicide dive onto them, goes up to the top rope to to jump onto Zane and Zane catches them with a mid-ear halluva kick um, I, well, I assume it was a halluva kick, it looked more like just a kind of big boot but I assume it was meant to be a halluva kick, Michael Cole the most irritable man on the uh, planet right now called it as a halluva kick so Um, 1, 2, 3 Sami Zayn retains the Intercontinental Championship I think it was the right choice to have Sami Zayn uh, retain he only just won the belt it would be nice to see him wrestle some more and actually wrestle as a wrestler and not as a manager Um, but I I think the match was okay Um, I just would have preferred a different story in the match Um, now the next one this was a wee bit of a, a toss up heading into Mania because Obviously, everyone knew Mania and certain other things have been pre-recorded. The SmackDown Tag Team Titles or Triple Threat Match, Ladder Stipulation, um, first person, obviously, I'll do the Michael Cole, first person to climb the ladder and retrieve the titles wins the match. Now, this was meant to be the Uso Twins, Jimmy and Jay, two members of the New Day, um, Kofi Kingston and Big E versus the reigning champions, The Miz and John Morrison, now... Um there's been some rumors out just heading into the actual recording that the Miz was not in the match because apparently he'd um showed up to the arena very unwell um also with everything that's going on the whole coronavirus thing i think um it was smart to take him off the car people's health and safety why he went to the arena i don't know i don't think it was a smart choice and then the match kind of went up in flames, loads of rumours online that it was just the Usos versus the uh, Morrison and Jeff Hardy for some reason, don't see the point in that, but I I think the the choice to just make it one man from each team was a smart one, the match itself was great, Um, so it was Jimmy Uso, John Morrison and Kofi Kingston, now I think the match was great, Um, up until this point it was the the match of the night for me. Um, What I will say is the ladder match definitely missed the crowd. It was probably the only thing that kind of hindered it because all you could hear it is, obviously, in the amplified empty arena, just these ladders crashing about. It was kind of a bit messy at the start, but once they got into it, it, there were some really good spots in it. Um, I think John Morrison put Jimmy Uso on a, a ladder and then just stood on the ring post and did this weird one legged. Um, Starship Payne, it was one of was such a good moment, obviously we all know John Morrison's, um, as his nickname goes, uh, Friday Night Delight, Prince of Parkour, he's got all these names, um, Shaman is sexy, um, I think the match was so good, he tightrope, John Morrison tightrope from one corner to the other, Spanish fly to Kofi Kingston, uh, Jimmy Uso was pushed off a ladder straight to the floor, nothing to break his fall, um, some really tough spots and the finish of the match was probably eh, one of the most exciting finishes for a ladder match I've seen so all three men are at the top they all unhook the thing and they're just holding the bracket that holds the two titles so Kofi and Jimmy go right well let's get rid of the champion at least we're guaranteed new title holders both stick the head onto him and Morrison falls but as he falls onto a ladder that's been bridged out he grabs a hold of the two title belts and he rips them off so he retains the titles now Heading into this, I can add the Uso's peg to win it if it had been a, a proper ladder match, but I think with the Miz taken out, money in the bank maybe around the corner, maybe they'll redo the match. I think the more uh, John Morrison to retain was um the better choice on there. Now I think um I think it was really stellar. I would I would rate it as one of the best matches of the whole card, but over both nights. Um and I would quite like to see what's going to happen, go forward for it, if they'll have a rematch or if they're just going to move on and get some fresh talent in there. Um, up next was Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Now, this has been quite a long building because um, we're talking since, what, Survivor Series? Um, after Kevin Owens did his one-off at Ward games for NXT. From the night after, this has been really building to a one-on-one match. Um Authors are That one of them's out with an injury, so the other one's out. Buddy Murphy wasn't cleared to wrestle, so this one from the get-go was going to be a, a one-on-one match. Now, the whole premise behind heading into it in the end was that um, Kevin Owens has never had that WrestleMania moment. He has. He beat Chris Jericho, but they're not going to mention that because Chris Jericho is obviously at All Elite Wrestling. Um, but... For me kevin Owens that that, i mean he hasn't won at wrestlemania other than that really wasn't on the card at 35 which seth arrogantly pointed out seth rollins has got one of the best wrestlemania records there is um he's won every single match he's won a match at every single mania obviously did lose to randy orton at 31 but then he did win the wwe world heavyweight title at the time that night by cashing in rollins has already got an immense record at wrestlemania some good moments in there great matches every year you can always count on him to pull off um the great match but this match was um something else so it started off kevin owens obviously he wants the match he asked for the match seth rollins accepted and it's looking good Um, both men exchanging back and forth both men looking really good it was a really sound match And then from out of nowhere, um, Rollins senses maybe defeat in the air. And so he clatters Kevin Owens in the head with the ring bell. Which to me, at the time before I seen what happened next, I was absolutely furious. Because it made no sense whatsoever. It was like Vince literally saying to Kevin Owens, You're never going to get a WrestleMania moment. It's never worth it. You're not worth it. Um, I was furious. Um, Just... Not the finish I would have wanted. Kevin Owens grabs a mic. um, So he wins the match. Kevin Owens grabs the mic. Gets into the ring and says no no we're not finishing that like this. Get back in here. No disqualification. No rules. Anything goes. Seth accepts and the match restarts now. Um, Seth is straight all over Kevin Owens. um, Grabs a chair. Hits him with probably I don't know if it was because it was the empty arena or because he just hit him. It was probably some of the hardest cheer shots i've ever heard it could just be dating back to the time in the independence scene but it was some really stiff uh cheer shots in there and then kevin owens fights him off gets the ring bell and he hits Ke- uh, seth rollins in the head with the bell twice he's now lying prone on the table now this is one of these moments when i was like right he's just gonna have a frog splash off the rope or off the top uh, turnbuckle whatever it's gonna be through the table no 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 no, Kevin Owens walks off th- off screen and at this point I'm like where in the hell is Kevin Owens going and then the camera cuts and he's at the top of the Wrestlemania sign, it's the only time they would ever be able to do this, normally the Wrestlemania sign is suspended about 200-300 feet in the air depending on how big the arena is, could be an exaggeration who knows but this time because they're in the small performance centre they just had the sign positioned behind commentary table so he climbs up on top of it and he hits a diving elbow and it's like one of those Shane McMahon moments where you're like he's gonna move he's gonna move and he didn't move it's probably one of the only elbows maybe in recent that I've actually seen someone jump from that high and nail it and the selling from Seth Rollins was incredible both men really told a good story um doctors are all coming out Kevin Owens waves them off gets him in the ring stunner one two three kevin owens gets his wrestlemania moment it was a much better finish i'm so glad they restarted the match with that um, stipulation i think it was a good way to lure the fans out as well to get them quite cross only for the baby face to go over in the end um next match moving on was for the the wwe universal title now going into this it's a little controversial going into this because it was initially going to be goldberg versus roman reigns um in one of the supposed dream matches: spear versus spear big dog versus icon um whether i was excited about it i don't know i was a little disappointed the way the match got announced so goldberg beat the fiend at super showdown um everyone has their thoughts on that i'll cover that a little bit later on in the uh, podcast as well um i believe um that roman should have earned the match but he just sort of came out in the smackdown after goldberg says who's next and he just goes I'm next and that's it the match is announced not a big fan of that um, but because uh, Roman Reigns is a two-time survivor of leukemia because of the coronavirus he is uh, a big risk to any kind of immune battle and viruses such as the coronavirus so he pulled out of the show a week before it's due Um, I've seen a lot of backlash online about it I don't really agree with it Um, you can obviously let let us know if you do agree with with his decision or not but for me Roman Reigns pulling out was um a perfectly acceptable thing to do um you can't ask much more than than what he's already done for everyone so I think him pulling out was a a good choice for him and you know his his wrestling career is not the be all and end all his health has to go first so um I applaud Roman Reigns for for doing it um Now because the Smackdown has already been pre-recorded up until the night of Mania it was not announced that Braun Strowman was going to be taking Roman Reigns' place. It was still in question. Rumours had said it had been filmed already. um, And lo and behold it was Braun Strowman that took the match. Now at this point everyone knew Roman Reigns was going to beat Bill Goldberg um, because it it puts the belt on Roman without harming him by beating The Fiend. It makes a bit more sense um, whether you agree with it or not. But um as soon as he pulled out I was like it's gonna be a Goldberg win. Goldberg's gonna hold the belt maybe till SummerSlam, when maybe hopefully all this is kinda of sorted soon and Roman can get the, the favours done for him at Summerslam instead. Um match starts. Goldberg right off the bat with the vintage Goldberg, three spears, Braun Strowman kicks out with Fourth spear starts setting up for the jackhammer now his jackhammer against the fiend wasn't that great and the fiend's about 300 pounds so this guy's braun Strowman's nearly 400 pounds um, the jackhammer, um, when he attempted it braun Strowman countered into his running power slam and with a second a third lifted him up for the fourth and all you seen was goldberg's arm just sort of go limp now at that point i kind of went either he's selling it very well or goldberg's gonna lose this match um and he hits the fourth one. The count goes one, two, and three, and Braun Strowman's your new Universal Champion. I think that was probably the biggest shock of the night. I don't think um, I did, definitely didn't think Braun Strowman was going to win that um, because he's not really been built up for much. There wasn't any like they didn't go in and edit any of the Smackdowns to re-record anything. They just went with the Roman Reigns angle all the way till the day off. So I was a bit surprised that him. Um, that Strowman won the match. Um I'm quite happy for him. I think he should have won the belt back in uh, 2017, um definitely after his uh, feud with um with this feud with Brock Lesnar. I think he should have been the Universal champion about three years ago, but it's never too late to win your, your title, I suppose. But um I do get worried that people online are going to call him a paper champion. I think I would be quite um prone to saying that because it feels as if he's only going to hold the belt. And then just give it to roman when he returns which kind of begs the question of why couldn't have goldberg just did that but i can see why they would want full-time champion i am a big hater of part-time world champions i think it's one of the things that, that's really holding everything back at the minute um heading into the main event now this for me i'm going to have decided to introduce him for everything that i review a eh, match of the night now for this for me boneyard match undertaker versus aj styles match of the night i have never seen anything so awesome in my whole life um a lot of people on there probably don't like it probably like marmite you'll like it or you'll hate it but for me from start to finish this was great the hearse comes into the boneyard styles gets out of the coffin and you the whole kind of build up you it's like it's not the dead man of old it's kind of more like american badass undertaker and then the Metallica hits, and on he comes in in his motorcycle, and it's just awesome from the get-go, it's just a a fight, it's not pretty, it's not a a wrestling match, not going to find a collar and elbow tie-up in this match, Um, take it obviously with the the early flurry, Um, giving it the, you know, you want to mention my wife's name again, what's my wife's name, Um, there's a really funny bit where I think it's more like an homage to Bill Goldberg at WCW, where he smashes the windscreen, puts his hands through it, Looks at his elbow and he's bleeding and he just goes, you made me bleed. Um, and then obviously gets a bit dirty. Styles kicks him uh, where the sun don't shine um, and then starts taking control. Taker obviously very quickly, being the bigger guy, fights back, puts Styles in this pre-dug grave hole and naturally, because it's AJ Styles, he's part of a faction. I don't think it would have been the match without the O.C. So Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows do make an appearance in the match and they're surrounded by um, these druids, so these six druids surround Taker he beats the holy hell out of all of them and then the OC attack now he kind of fends them off but naturally Styles makes it back up and Styles then takes over the match Um breaking this this tombstone over uh, the Undertaker's head kind of poetic justice I suppose and that at times he's almost killed people with a tombstone um, and then Uh, styles takes over he spears him through um, a wooden wall and puts him in the grave styles at this point you're kind of thinking styles might win this match here so he starts uh, dragging the the grave over nothing's really explained heading into this match how you win it but looking at it with everything that's going on it was quite clear that the, the key way to winning the match was to put them in the hole and to bury them alive so it was kind of like a um an updated buried alive match but Cooler, 'cause because the Live matches had a, a kind of tendency to suck um but this one was quite good um styles is driving the tractor forward to unload all this dirt and there's just this amazing lighting effect put behind it it's like a big floodlight a uh, big white floodlight and taker is standing behind him so it, i don't know what it is in the moment because he's the badass you kind of go oh that's like more dead man so this is like a weird hybrid version of the badass and the dead man put together um, don't really know what you might to call him um, the American Deadass, who knows some awful name like that I'm sure they'll come up with one But um, and at that point he takes back over Stiles starts running, He climbs onto the, the roof of the house that's there, Taker the whole time going where are you running to, you can't run anywhere and um, they get on the roof and in vintage Taker fashion lifts the hands and the, the flames come flying up um, look, at, uh, Gallows gets thrown off the building and then Carl Anderson eats um, a horrible tombstone onto the metal roof and then EJ Styles gets slammed off of the edge. At that point, Styles did probably the biggest begging I've ever seen from a superstar, please don't bury me, don't bury me. And um, Taker kind of lures him in going, I'm not going to bury you because you brought the fight to me. Not a lot of people have ever brought the fight to me like that. But the dead man being the dead man he later turned around and kicked him in the face and he fell into the the grave and then he buried him alive now the match finishes taker gets on his bike and lifts his vintage right hand and fire comes out of the roof the metallica hits his symbols all lit up and blue on the on the the um, the house very cheesy but it was really honestly it was very very good i would recommend anyone to watch it it was it was definitely um better than what we've seen of the undertaker in the past year or two um and then the show ends night one's over at that point i think it was the best choice for that to close the show from what i'd seen online because it's that kind of style apparently before leaving wwe to go to aew after the contract expired there are rumors that matt hardy was very influential in that match if that's the case that's great if it's not the case then they did very good without it either way it was great um I think uh, as far as the whole show goes um it was three hours long four hours we include the pre-show i think it was a uh, very good i think it was a bit of a strange start um and as as it got built on later and later it did become on uh, one of the good shows um we'll go into straight on tonight too now a uh, opening match was Liv morgan versus natalia on the pre-show just really a spot to get Lev Morgan over again. The match didn't go on very long. Lev Morgan picks up a, a victory. Not really too surprised. I would kind of like to have seen Natalia win the match. Don't feel like Natalia gets a lot of um credit these days for what she does. So, um yeah, I would have really liked to see Natalya, but it is a good moment for Liv Morgan to get a pinfall victory at WrestleMania. Um, straight on it, the the main card. Um, start of the night, wasn't expecting this. I expected this to maybe one of the last kind of couple of matches. Uh, Charlotte Flair challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Title. Now, this was incredible. The match itself was amazing. The story was so good. Um, Ripley, the the star of NXT, who goaded Charlotte into the match. Charlotte, the Royal Rumble winner, who didn't want the match. And then the audacity of Rhea Ripley to come out and challenge her, accepted the challenge and chose her. Now, heading into the match, I think this is one of the toughest matches of both cards to call because if Rhea Ripley wins, you're putting over the current future of the WWE. Rhea Ripley, without a doubt, is the future, like the star of the women's division going forward. And then you've got Charlotte Flair who could win and then to combat AEW on a Wednesday night could go to NXT. NXT and really push the talent up there. Now, um, I kind of thought it would have made, be a bit better if Ripley had won this match. didn't think Charlotte really needed to be the NXT Women's Champion again. I don't know. I, I don't want to do the whole down to NXT because I don't believe it is down to NXT anymore. It is more so over. But in Charlotte's case, I feel like this was a step down because um, if she was to win the match, then... She's moving. Yeah, she's moving over to the brand, but it, it is still seen as the developmental brand. Um, within the first five minutes, Rhea Ripley hit the Riptide, her or finisher, and Charlotte actually kicked out. Um, at that point, I kind of got that that sinking feeling that Charlotte Flair is going to win this match. Um, I don't know why. I just from that moment there, I was kind of like, I don't see Rhea Ripley actually keeping the belt in this. Um, Charlotte Flair, naturally being the flair, starts working on the legs. The match is great. There's so many good moments in it. Um, Fast forward to the finish. Uh, Charlotte starts with the the figure four leg lock, and you kind of think, right, this is the first time she's kind of had it locked in. Is Ripley going to be able to break out of it? If she bridges, I don't see her getting out. Um, The bridge happened into the figure eight lock, and... Rhea Ripley tapped out and Charlotte Flair is your new NXT Women's Champion now I don't think it was like I said I don't think it was a bad decision I don't think it I don't think I don't i my eyes it should have been Ripley but I don't see the problem with Charlotte Flair winning it does push NXT um, to that level where right you now need to fight to dethrone the Queen Uh, it was like Balor going back to NXT I think was a great choice for him and he's been really really um, flourishing there on to the next match. Next two matches were kinda dull on the card. It's Black Alistair Black versus Lashley. I'm a big fan of both guys. Um I think Bobby Lashley needs something big to chase, and I think Alistair Black is gonna be one of the future stars. Um I didn't really like the match. Um it was kinda thrown together, I didn't understand it. Um Bobby Lashley's this big 280 pound powerhouse and uh Alistair Black's this massive um star. Um, he's he's definitely going to be the big guy going forward um, Black didn't really have a lot of offence I felt like it was more like he just won the match he, he Lana, he put him up for a Dominator and Lana said no spear him put him down, goes for the spear and he, he walks into the Black Mass um, Black for me didn't have a lot of offence and I don't think it really showed Alistair Black at Wrestlemania as being the the big star going forward it was more of a I just won this match Um I know, obviously, both guys need to showcase themselves over, but I would say, I would say, but Black should have won the match. But um, I don't believe that he really looked good in the match. Now, uh, next match was again just one of these things that was thrown forward: um, Os versus Dolph Ziggler um all really started from some weird valentines you know how wwe love their their love triangle angles so otis um i think Otis was destined to win the match and um, on the friday we'd found out that sonia deville had been the one that messaged and messed around with um mandy's a uh, phone which made Otis late for the date, which made it look as if he got stood up when um he didn't stand it up it was just a plot by dolphin sonia to get Dolph with Mandy now, I don't believe this match was good at all um, for what it was, uh, I think the moment at the end of the match was good, Otis wins, Mandy comes out and helps him, um, Otis low blow uh, got low blowed by Dolph, Mandy comes out and slaps the hell out of Sonya and then gets in the ring while the ref's distracted and low blows Ziggler, Otis with the caterpillar and picks up the victory. Um, And then i suppose it was just the moment the the big chubby guy getting the 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 big the good looking lady i suppose so uh they shared a couple of snogs and it's really that from there it's not um i don't think it was really good to be honest so then we head into what was probably the biggest match over the night um the returning edge versus randy orton in a last man standing match so um, this match, nobody ever thought they would see this match ever because um, Edge retired nine years ago due to a uh, neck injury. Um, you know, everything was all there, so Edge was the was out. Nobody Hall of Fame, everything like that. He moved on into his acting career. If anyone's not seen his um, 24 documentary. I would really recommend you go and watch it because it, it was absolutely fantastic it was such a good watch um, royal rumble comes around i think it all really stems back to summer slam last year when he speared elias everyone was kind of that was quite physical for edge he's not meant to be doing anything physical um that shouldn't have happened oh he's going to return at the rumble so edge did everything he could tells you that in his documentary he does everything he could to keep this um, pure so that no one could spoil it because in the modern world wrestling's totally spoiled by um spoilers online believe it or not so i think edge when he returned i mean i i know i freaked out um there's certainly a video of it somewhere um i went absolutely crazy my neighbors were not a fan of me that day but um edge and orton it was such a good first feud to come back the feud has been great i love watching randy orton as a heel when he really sinks his teeth into something, now he's not for me. He's not sunk his teeth into anything. In a while I think the only thing he last time I kind of went, oh, that's like Randy Orton of old. Was that against Jeff Hardy when he was putting the screwdriver in his um, ear hole and then twisting it in the Hell in the Cell match? I think that's the only recently the past time where I've been kind of like, oh, Randy. Maybe the AJ Styles feud at Mania last year, but I, I don't feel like Randy. I feel like Randy just sort of floats about these days. Um, but this was this was like randy orton back from his like i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word back from his like bastard days um from 2000 and like eight nine when he was punting people rko and everyone really doing damage this was this was this um the whole build-up i mean the Edge, can concerto to edge he, he beat the hell out of matt hardy two weeks in a row um to write matt hardy off tv before his contract expired, the RKO'd Edge's wife, Beth Phoenix, um, the match. The match for me, I think, yeah, I think we need to give it more credit for what it's worth because um, they went in the performance center. I don't really see what everyone kind of expected more from it because the match itself. I mean, most last man standing matches are physical punches and kicks mostly weapons based i suppose um there's not really a lot of that in the performance center because of the fact um it's a gym performance center is normally a room made up of about five or six rings and a gym so they did a lot of fighting in the gym and through to the other areas of a performance center but i don't think that the match was as good as it could be, Um, I feel like it would have been better, it was 36 minutes long, I feel like it would have been better if it had 10 minutes taken off it, it was a long match, and Randy Orton's pace, everyone knows Randy Orton has that really slow pace, I think it was just too long, if they'd shaved 10 minutes off it, it would have been 100 times better, but... There was still some really good spots in it, um, some really weird ways to, to hit moves, so because they're using the gym to its full advantage, you've got the, um, I'm not a gym guy so I'm not going to pretend I know what they're actually called, but it's like these wee straps, I assume you put them in and lift your knees up for crunches or something like that. Edge does, does this really cool um, drop kick off it. It climbs on the mesh on the ceiling and does a, an elbow into a table. Um, it's some really cool moments on their edge, and actually, being his return match obviously went over in this match. Um, I think I was the right choice, and I couldn't think of a better opponent to do it for him. Um, moving on to the Raw Tag Team Titles, um, again, it was a match that was changed at the last minute. It was supposed to be um, Angel Garza and Andrade versus the Street Profits. Um, at the last minute, again, Andrade wasn't able to do WrestleMania for some reason, and um, Austin Theory from NXT stepped in. It was a bit of a weird choice for me, but... Um, I don't dislike the match. I did not think it was good, but it was it was fairly easy. The Street Profits were going to win. Um, Montez Ford gets that good moment with his wife, Bianca Belair. Um, I don't think it was too bad, but... I don't think it was great. Um, moving on, you've got the, the Fatal 5 way for the Smackdown women's title. Now, this match was a bit hard pre- to predict as well because anyone could have won this. Um, in my eyes, I think everyone, I really, really this year like to see Tamina win the women's title. She's been with the the company for must be coming on 15 years now and she's never held a single championship i would really like to see tamina win something before she retires because she's um older than most of the, the locker it's not to say that she's too old to do it anymore she's still great in the ring but it is more of a the clock may be ticking on this one um I I feel like a push is coming for Tamina because it wasn't one person that beat her. All four of women had to do their finishers to beat Tamina. They all pinned her. Um and Tamina looked really strong in the match. Um I was a little disappointed that Naomi didn't win this match, or Banks, because it would have set up at least something. I feel like Naomi's return would have been worth something and it would give Sasha the I feel like that again it would make her return worth something her return last year it doesn't seem worth anything now um Bailey wins the match um with some with Sasha's help um I don't think it was great but I feel like the safe option was Bailey there because then it means you can at least push through um Bailey's now the first ever woman to defend the Raw Women's Title successfully and the SmackDown Women's Title successfully so I guess that's that's a big moment for Bailey she's won every belt that's available to her so she, she has made history um, once again um next up um I'm going to peg this for you right now match of the night the John Cena versus the Fiend Firefly Funhouse match now this was for me a work of art from start to finish so cena comes out and then it cuts to bray wyatt in the fun house and he goes into the door that's behind it cena's there now in the fun house and he goes in and it's this strange strange thing um, it's showing some really historical moments of wrestling like cena's debut they reenact it but bray wyatt instead of cut Angle and then it cuts to, um, I believe it then cuts to uh, Saturday night's main event, and it's just, it's comical, it's really enjoyable to watch, he's pumping so much um, weights that, that his arms go dead, Bray White turns on him, throws him in, and he, he's the, the doctor of thugonomics again, that he raps, John Cena, um, Bray White basically calls him a bully, which Cena doesn't like, and tries to attack him gets knocked out again and then it cuts to wcw Nitro. bray wyatt's bischoff and john cena's playing the hulk hogan part with the nwo and then it kind of cuts to more modern where um cena is himself kind of gives you that, that old 2014 match that they had six years ago reenacts all of that um gives you that moment where is John going to swing the chair at Wyatt or is he not and then in the match itself here uh, back at Wrestlemania 30 he didn't but in this match he did and it then cuts to the the correct one Cena looks confused I don't think he really understands what he's got himself in for um, mandible claw sister Abigail mandible claw Bray Wyatt um, counts the, the the victory for the fiend and Bray Wyatt wins the match if if you want to call it that it didn't really have a lot of offense but I think as far as storytelling goes and just as a, a visual piece it was it was incredible it was probably that and the Boneyard match for me were the two best things on Wrestlemania. Um, Cena disappears and who knows what's next for John Cena will he be back who knows. Um, main event time Drew McIntyre uh, challenging Brock Lesnar for the WWE title again it's just I feel like this was a reliving of the Goldberg match um, Brock comes in he gets a claymore off his troubles he kicks out of two uh, Brock hits the five ones he kicks out of one he hits it again he kicks it out a two again he kicks out of two German suplexes everything that you know just the usual Brock Lesnar kind of match And then Paul Heyman saying, just keep F5 and then he'll he'll stay down. doesn't. He hits uh, three more Claymore kicks and he's your new WWE Champion. Big Scottish boy, big lad down from here. Go on yourself, Drew McIntyre. Brand new, first ever Scottish born WWE Champion now. People out there will say yes as well. Technically, at the moment as well, he's the first ever British uh, WWE Champion as well. Whatever you like, whatever side of the, the peg you're on um as far as mania goes i think again both shows all together it would have been eight and a half hours or so so it would have started at 10 p.m on in the uk and finished at 6:30 a.m had it been one show um i'm quite happy they split it into two shows because I, I don't really want to be staying up till basically near enough when i get up in the morning just to watch as much as i love wrestling and wrestlemania it's just that sometimes it is too long i mean that that would have been a long time to to stay up and watch, um, and then after now, now moving on to the Raw after WrestleMania. So, um, Raw after WrestleMania, I don't rate it very much. Didn't think it was all that good. Too many recaps of the WrestleMania before. Normally, you just on a not standard episode of Raw after Mania, you get loads of pictures. This was all much very much like reliving. The two nights before so the show eventually starts with Asuka versus Liv Morgan. Now Liv Morgan's coming off her big win um, from Natalya at Wrestlemania. Asuka's coming off her big loss so the WWE tag team title rematch had already been announced for the coming Smackdown this week so it wasn't a big surprise to see Asuka picking up the match. It was a good 15 minute match or so. Um, Liv Morgan did get some good spots in there but Asuka obviously came up with the victory um, in order to keep the momentum going into her rematch this Friday um, this past Friday there for the tag titles um, moving on what I think was probably the worst part of Raw, the only good thing that came out of it was Bianca Bellier's debut really a Raw tag team title match, rematch uh, Austin Theory and Angel garcia get themselves disqualified, I don't know why as a number one contender it would make any sense for to get yourself disqualified you don't win the belt so I don't understand the booking behind stuff like that. Um, it was really just there so that Bianca Belair could come out and say she's no longer the EST of NXT; she's now the EST of WWE, and has officially joined the Raw brand. Um, she has a match with Selena Vega. Doesn't go down. It's shenanigans again with all of that, and it becomes a six-person tag. It was about forty-five minutes in total. This whole thing took up of Raw. Um, all really just leading to a blow off of a six-man, or sorry, six-person tag team match. Um, it wasn't very good. As I say, the only thing that came out of it was that Bianca Belair, who is probably going to be one of the, the future stars of WWE, her and Ripley, um, has made her debut on Raw now. Um, obviously because it's her debut, the herself and the Street Profits got the win cuts off from there to bobby lashley stating how he's angry pretty much at lana how he needs a new manager or a new wife him um, since she cost him the match at wrestlemania now with a thing like that i do believe um the feud heading into getting lana and lashley together was rubbish anyway so i'm not surprised that this isn't going to last very long um and i'd like to see it finish very quickly um Up next was easily the match of the night for me. Um, Apollo Crews versus Alistair Black. Alistair Black got a really good match in this one, much better than his WrestleMania match. And Apollo Crews, who has not been a rated talent since his move from NXT to WWE television, um, had such a good show in this match. I'm hoping it really leads to a a proper push for him, and it's actually going to be something that's worthwhile. Uh, but the match itself was great and alistair black obviously picked up the victory to keep his momentum going and um, hopefully he'll be heading for a, a big title push soon as well up next a really strange tied team match cedric alexander and his new team teammate ricochet versus um danny butch and Owen Larkin. um i think it was an okay match um i think the teams of I think the team itself of Alexander and Ricochet is a weird one. Apparently Vince is done with Ricochet. I really hope not because the, the man can do pretty much anything Um, that's put in front of him. He's a pure natural talent. His athleticism is off the chart. And for that reason, Alexander and Ricochet did win the match. But I'm hoping that's not something that's going to become a habit. I um, hope they're not teaming for much longer. Cuts to a Kevin Owens promo uh, pre-taped, obviously, saying how going forward his message is still going to be clear and his meaning so he's going to keep the face gimmick up and i'm hoping it does mean that there's a push involved for him maybe to start challenging for world titles or win a mid-card title something good like that hopefully around the corner for him um obviously following from that seth rollins comes out and does a, a squash on um i don't know if it's an nxt star or a jobber but the match didn't last very long for anyone to even take notice a very quick curb stomp um, I think the match lasted a grand total of maybe less than two minutes. Um, from one squash to another, um, Nia Jax has finally made her return to WWE now. Um, I'm waiting for this return for a wee while. I think she's been cleared for about a month or two. Um, everyone's kind of seen either apparently her or Liv Morgan are going to be Sister Abigail um, or Rosemary from Impact Wrestling. Whether that is, time will certainly tell. And I think it was a good return again it was just another nxt star that she squashed them um, to make herself look strong and the show finishes with probably the worst part of the night Um it's a, a cut back to to wrestlemania from the night before drew mcintyre supposedly had a second match after the the night went off the air against big show now the fear about this was that big show almost won the WWE title Um that would have been really awful especially for drew mcintyre getting the the push all the way up to that only to then lose um the belt after 20 minutes of holding it thankfully big show did not win this match um and drew mcintyre is still the wwe champion at the moment and that really wraps up the show as i say raw wasn't particularly special um i will cover smackdown now for you as well smackdown was a lot better but still had its moments of um just a constant recaps of the show. Um Strowman starts with um Nakamura interrupting him, saying that they he wants to have a match, so they agree that their match for the main event pretty much. Um and match of the night is the opening match on the card. Uh, women's tag team title rematch, Kabuki Warriors um versus Bliss. now. Kabuki Warriors were looking very strong in this match. Um some really good chemistry between the four and uh, some really good spots. Uh, Alexa Bliss hits the twisted Bliss off the the top rope and um, to the outside on both of the Asuka and Kairi scene. Um, the match itself it was it was a really good match, very enjoyable to watch. And Bliss and Cross retained the belts. Not too surprised by that there. Um, Elias has his usual Friday night segment where he plays the guitar and sings I'm actually quite disappointed to say I think the song that he sang was very catchy only criticism of it is that he's acting as if he actually beat Baron Corbin like properly like it was just a roll-up didn't really it wasn't a big win for him it was a roll-up and but he's kind of acting as if he he's won the world title or something about it so I don't know if I agree with the, the manner of the song but the song itself i thought was quite catchy um and he kind of made an indication that he's looking towards money in the bank so maybe we'll see elias in the money in the bank ladder match um up next oh just this ziggler and Otis feud still going on so ziggler comes out to have a go at michael cole and cory for saying it was such a good moment to see um otis and mandy together um, him and Sonya are not happy, Tucker comes out and says Otis oh, and Mandy aren't even there and that he wants a match with Ziggler for unfinished business, which I um, pretty much kill him the week before with the um, the steel steps, not a very good match, it's just not a good feud anymore, I kind of want it to just finish now, it's been kind of going a little bit longer than I would have liked, um, Ziggler picks up the win over Tucker because this is only really going to lead to some sort of mixed match mixed gender tag team match coming in the next couple of weeks hopefully and then hopefully that's it done and uh, we next head into probably the most entertainment part of the week for me uh, the dirt sheet uh, the miz is back yeah uh, i don't know when this was pre-taped or anything but supposedly the reason they missed mania was because he was showing some cold and flu symptoms everything with the coronavirus uh, we would expect a two-week isolation so maybe this was filmed this week. That means he would have had the two weeks isolation, who really knows but um the Miz is back it's all that matters. And um, they then sing that Miz and Morrison Hey Hey Ho Ho that awful song. They've turned it into like a freestyle rap and it was just it was just awful. Thankfully the, the USOs interrupt and the New Day then come out, the Usos come out first to ask for a, a tag match, a proper tag match for the titles, because it should have been two on two, but then the New Day come out and say, well, actually, we were in the match as well, so why not do the opposite people who weren't in the match at Mania have the rematch? So he's suggesting Biggie versus versus Uso versus The Miz, which Kofi then confirms is going to happen next week on SmackDown for the Tag Team Championship. So we've got another triple threat match not a ladder match this time, just a normal triple threat match, um, very surprising debut from NXT next, Forgotten Sons from NXT have made their official debut on Smackdown, I'm quite happy about that because I quite, I quite like them, Um, don't think they got quite a lot given to them at NXT so I'm hoping Smackdown will be a better place for them but um, certainly three good talents and it certainly is good to see them um, get that. That call up, that good moment. Everyone still calls it a call up, but to me, it's still kind of as a call up because every year, there's still NXT people who get moved to Raw SmackDown. Um, they do a, a squash match with the Laucher House Party. It's not to say the Laucher House Party didn't have some offense, but naturally, it was gonna be the Forgotten Sons who picked up the big victory in this one. Um cuts to backstage very very strange dana and carmella want a wwe tag team championship match it's very strange it's a very weird um team to just throw together out of nowhere um and they accept the match i was saying earlier we really need to get more established teams fighting for the belts like the iconics or um just someone more established um so this it's a bit strange for me and then it cuts to Sasha and Bailey who come out to do their natural post-wrestlemania celebration promo. Um, Sasha and Bailey are basically saying screw the haters, screw you. Lots of digs at Paige. It's very possible that it could be heading towards a Page return. Whether or not that's the case, it's kind of thrown off when Nia Jax does the rampage on Raw, which is Paige's finisher and Paige tweets out to say that she gave her her finisher so who really knows um, supposedly aew cleared page the same way they cleared edge so it could be possible though you might not want to lose her and we'll clear her just to keep her um tamina comes out looks like we are maybe in store for a good tamina push and says it took four people to beat her and demands a title match with bailey bailey agrees to it but only if she can beat Sasha Banks. Sasha doesn't look too impressed, to say the least, that she's got to take on Tamina Snooker. Um, and Tamina makes her aware that Bailey has basically screwed her over again, maybe to try and cause that rift. So it could be possible that the Sasha Bailey split is coming very soon. Um, I would quite like to see them split without the belt. So I, at my I would ideally like to see Tamina win the women's title um, to win her first belt ever. Um, after 15 years it would be a pretty good nice moment for Tamina um, but whether or not that'll happen, time will tell next kind of bits of Smackdown were just a little bit pointless so Big Show show on Netflix number 3, I have not watched it, didn't seem like my kind of thing, um, anyone else has seen it let me know Seamus makes his kind of another wee return not that he was injured, just more of a, a return to action after mania squashes a jobber it seems as if he's going to get pushed towards some kind of title match um and then there's a weekend a documentary video about jeff hardy's rise to to where he is in his career um i think it goes up to like kind of the 0809 period before he left and it kind of seemed to me that maybe it was getting set up for a fiend match that didn't happen and um i'll talk about that later on why that didn't happen they then announced that in two weeks time it is going to be 25 years of triple h so triple h has been at wwe for 25 years this year um it's quite a long time but i'm hoping there's a good celebration in stores maybe get to see some legends but we'll see what happens with everything going on and then we're just into the the main event Braun Strowman on Stroman versus shinsuke nakamura um the match itself, I think it lasted about seven minutes. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very bad. It just, it was... It was just alright. It's just one of those revisited feuds that needs to just be put to bed and move on with it. Um, Nakamura should be getting a big push shortly, hopefully. Very underrated star. Um, Strowman wins the match, obviously, to keep himself. Momentum going, new champion and everything like that. And then, strangely, in his celebration, Bray Wyatt. The Firefly Funhouse. Um music hits and it's Bray Wyatt talking about the history of it seems if like he was doing the history of John Cena but then he starts really kind of aiming everything at Braun Strowman how he brought Braun Strowman into the Wyatt family he was the black sheep and starts really saying that you need to apologize for turning your back on me and that you owe me the universal title really um, Braun Strowman just kind of finished the, the show off by saying Bray, I'm here if you want to let me in. Kind of playing mind games already with Bray Wyatt. Don't know if I'd do that myself, but... Certainly, it looks as if Bray Wyatt's getting reset up for another Universal title run. Which, in my eyes, is a big mistake. Because I think him holding the belt in the first place was a massive error. Um, I don't think he should have held the belt. Because he debuted his new character at SummerSlam. And two months later, he was fighting for the Universal title. We had that god-awful... No decision inside the Helm's Cell which is pointless and then they kind of force themselves having to having to give Bray Wyatt the belt and then forced themselves have to having to not give him the belt by taking it off him by Goldberg. Um which I'm just gonna put my opinion out there on that. Goldberg beating the fiend for the universal title was the best choice. It was the right decision. I don't know if I agree with how short the match was, but it was the right decision to have Goldberg take the belt. Because it's a part-time star that can hate, and it saves Roman Reigns from getting booed unnecessarily. Um, Smackdown finishes there. Like I said, it was a good show. It was much better than Raw. Um still had its iffy moments where, uh, with the situation they're in, I can understand why why it's not as good. but. Part of me thinks that Smackdown would have always been better than Raw. Because I feel like some of the booking would have always just happened in front of the live audience. And if that's the case, Raw would not have been good at all. Um, before I finish, before I leave you. Um, some upcoming rumours that I've seen. is quite a lot of rumours about retirement going around. Uh, five superstars have supposedly retired now. Um, which is quite a lot of big number. So I'll start with the most... Um, Cleared one. I don't know how many times he's done it, but I suppose like the Undertaker is now officially retired after his Boneyard match. He's been seen for a wee while now that he wants to finish with a match that's suiting of the Undertaker. Now the Boneyard match certainly is. Um, apparently Vince is trying to get him to do one more year, potentially finish his career next year at th- WrestleMania Thirty Seven um in front of a hundred plus thousand people it would certainly be a good moment for him and for the crowd um and then at survivor series this year it will be the 30th anniversary of his debut so he might be looking to try and get a few matches out of take this year yeah including all the saudi shows so i'm hoping i would like to see him stick around for for um another 12 months but whether or not we see that is Going to be a different thing, but if he's retired now, he's been a lot of pain for a lot of years. I don't think anyone could knock him for retiring now. Um second person who's supposedly retired, quite a surprising one, is uh, John Cena. Um sent out a tweet, something similar to the Undertaker. Taker sent out a tweet as well that said Um it was a hell of a ride, hashtag 30 years. Uh, Cena sent out something similar that says if you're gonna um if you're gonna leave, leave him guessing. So Maybe John Cena is finished with WWE now. Maybe that's his final match ever. And um, it was certainly the most entertainment uh, entertainment part of WrestleMania was was the Firefly Funhouse match. But I just I, I don't know if I buy into that one so much. I feel like that's more of a just a I think to say that he's going away for a while. I don't believe that that's John Cena finished. Um, he is in in his kind of mid forties now. So I, and he has probably more focused now on his Hollywood career than anything, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he is done, but I would like to see Cena wrestle one match, like not a, a pre-recorded kind of segment thing like that was, I would like to see him wrestle one more big match uh, maybe him and Taker next year could could finish each other off with a proper match rather than what we got at 34 or he could put over a new star like Finn Balor. I, I don't know what the future holds, but I would like to see John Cena return um, maybe this time again next year. A uh, big shocking one that I've seen is Roman Reigns. Supposedly it is done with WWE because apparently rumour says that Vince was unhappy with Reigns for pulling out of the show a week before um, and said that he should have just got on with it. But, I mean... The other side to the rumor is uh, that Vince was supposedly all for it and was very, very happy and accommodating um, under the circumstances. Why he pulled out, obviously, due to him um, having survived leukemia twice. Now his immune system isn't going to be very good. He's actually missed a couple of shows before as well with the, the vi- a viral infection before, so his immune system isn't great. Um, what side of that rumor is true? Um, certainly, leave your opinions and let us know. Um, for me. Um, Reigns pulling out wasn't a bad thing and I don't believe Vince would have treated it as a bad thing. Um, Two massive fallouts backstage at WrestleMania supposedly involving Lesnar and Goldberg, both with Vince McMahon. Uh, Apparently Brock Lesnar was not happy that he was dropping the belt to WrestleMania and his paycheck was substantially less because he gets bonuses based on attendance and something like that, stock or whatever it is. So because there was no attendance as paycheck was certainly a lot less than what it normally would be and Vince told him he stopped being selfish and greedy to which Lesnar said that he was being selfish and greedy for not postponing the show and Lesnar said to Vince he's done with it and he won't be renewing this contract and Vince basically kind of said that he doesn't care and told him to get out of the building and Vince Lesnar was supposedly escorted out of the building by security again this is all just rumours so it's not nothing guaranteed at the moment something similar with Goldberg um, Goldberg was not happy about dropping the belt to Braun Strowman as he thinks that he should have retained to hold the belt off as he really wanted to drop the belt to Roman Reigns and work with Roman um, and apparently it was in his contract that that would be who he was dropping his belt to vince supposedly said to goldberg that he nobody really cares who roman takes the belt off of which i think is a bit arrogant but um goldberg was um supposedly goldberg gets paid one million dollars per match and vince wasn't looking to renew the contract at the time um because of everything that's going on he can't really afford to pay a part-time champion um as i said at the start. despise part-time world champions um because it just i feel like it takes away from the the value of the belt um this one's more of like a coming out of retirement i mentioned it a couple of times page supposedly cleared to return um again as i said sasha and bailey are making digs it, but then nia jacks used her finisher and um, whether or not that's all true uh only time will tell um only other rumour I've got for you is uh, supposedly general managers will now be coming back to Raw and Smackdown so the Raw general manager at the minute is rumoured to be Paul Heyman and the Smackdown one rumoured to be Hulk Hogan now Hulk Hogan would really kind of annoy me because I feel like it would be when Kurt Angle was the general manager and every week he would just come out and say it's true it's damn true so every week we'd need to listen to what you're going to do brother Um, so again whether or not that's true who really knows but let me know what you think about it um and that's really that's really it for this week's podcast um i will return with another podcast next week i'm um, not 100 percent sure if i'm going to be doing raw and smackdown reviews i've not seen nxt for this week yet so i might do a short one on nxt and aw depending on uh, what kind of time i've got to do it um this will all automatically get uploaded to any platform that you listen to your podcast on with your android phone your spotify and um your apple um so anything like that so if you do want to listen to that and also my friend james and his brother and his pals do a podcast of their own if you have time you listen to it there it's called popping the boys and um, if you hit them up they've got some good stuff on there as well but for the meantime that is everything done for this week and um, stay safe and i'll see you next time